I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. And welcome to this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. I'm your host, Rebecca Kressman, and today we're going to talk about your heart, and we're going to talk about women's heart health and men's heart health as well. We are joined in studio by the Executive Director of the American Heart Association right here in Utah, uh, Laura Western. Thank you so much for being here, Laura. It's always great to see you. Happy Heart Month. Happy Heart Month. The month of February is here, and so we brought in our cardiologist, Dr. John Ryan, who's with the University of Utah Health. Dr. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me on, Rebecca. It's a real treat. Well, you know, as soon as I met you, I noticed an accent right off the top. So I do (laughs) want to make sure my audience right off knows that you're originally from Ireland. Sure, yeah. I'm from Tipperary in the Midlands of Ireland. Moved out to America 13 years ago and then moved out to Utah five years ago. Wow, so you were lucky. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Every day. That's fascinating for us. And and before we started the interview, I I asked about why you went into cardiology as a field of study. And, And you indicated that a mentor had guided you. But then we also, the conversation turned to this. This is a crucial time for Americans and those around the world to pay attention to heart health. So tell me a little bit about why, from your viewpoint as a cardiologist, heart health is such a struggle for us. What what are we working against? Sure. I think a lot of it is awareness. So heart disease is the number one cause of death in America, the number of cause among men and the number of cause among women. And I think that's a major problem. I think a lot of people are surprised by that. The American Heart Association has done a great job educating people, increasing awareness. But I still think most women uh, are unaware of their risk of heart disease. And as our population has gotten uh, more sedentary, as we've gotten heavier, and our lifestyles have deteriorated really in the last couple of years, spending more time on computers, less time walking around even at work, uh, heart disease has become more and more prevalent and is a real uh, threat to our lifestyle and threat to our lifespan. And thank you, Dr. Ryan. And that has been part of the commitment, uh, Laura, that the American Heart Association has made with going red in the month of February. Let's do a few things. Let's make sure people are operating with correct information that of all the risk factors and things that can get you, yeah, your absolutely. heart is one of them. So let's talk about that. Yeah. So this is the 14th year that the Go Red movement has taken place. And really, I think that um, we used to refer to it really as a luncheon. We have a luncheon here in Utah, and that's great. But we really want that to be a movement that people are working that 365 days a year to improve their health. And so one of the things that we know is that cardiovascular disease, 80% of it is preventable. And so we're trying to activate, draw attention to it, make people aware of the warning signs so they can go out and make one health improvement this year or two and really start changing their own health and being responsible for that. Now, Dr. Ryan gave the statistic, which is heart disease is the number one killer. It's for both men and women, correct? Correct, yeah. And yet you said it's 80% preventable. It is. 80% preventable. So there we have a disparity. We have the ability to save millions of lives, including those of ourselves and our family members, and we are not connecting that dot. Yeah, And most of that 80% is 
does not require medical intervention. It doesn't require taking medicines. It doesn't require procedures. Most of that 80% requires us just to exercise more, eat better, stop smoking if smoking is an issue, and lose weight. And that addresses most of the risk factors for developing heart disease in this country. It's interesting because we look at ourselves and we say, we're in a developed country. We have opportunities and options uh, that other people around the world would clamor for. And yet we are choosing unhealthy options rather than healthy options. So as you've tried to tackle that, Laura, I know you mentioned the luncheon. That's been part of the movement is saying, let's help you see just what a difference that choice makes for you. Yeah, it's absolutely the small changes. And so, you know, whether it's one day a week that you, instead of sitting at your desk and having your lunch there, you get up and you walk around the block a couple times. It's the the small changes that we make each and every day that can help us make a difference. And of course, we want people to do that daily, but we know that they have to start somewhere. And I think for a lot of women, one, we tend to put us in the number two or number three spot in taking care of our health. And then the other component is just getting out there and actually doing it. I think we become overwhelmed by thinking that we have to do everything at once, you know, one change can improve your health drastically. Would you not agree? I agree. And I think the the big things, the big, one of the big things is exercise, right? And uh, as you alluded to, Rebecca, we have so many resources available to us now. We have abilities on our on our watches to track how much we're doing. And reward you know, us. And reward mm-hmm. us, yeah. And what we really need to do if we need to exercise for 30 minutes, five days a week. And finding that 30 minutes uh, to do that five days a week, it's a real challenge. People prioritize a lot of other things. They prioritize work. They prioritize family. They prioritize commuting, right? And uh, But we should hopefully be able to find the time to do that 30 minutes every day. We found the time to spend time on social media, um, where we spend you know an hour or two hours a day on social media, but we don't find the time uh, to exercise for 30 minutes every day. The other thing then is is, is eating our our eating habits have have gone down where we're and again a lot of that is driven by busy lifestyles having multiple jobs and and trying to take care of family and and your job at the same time and not having healthy meals and uh, and I think if we could just address those two things our our obesity rates would be down our heart disease incidence would be down and our moods would be better we'd have less depression as well it's yeah, interesting it's how to, uh, how it coincides you know mm-hmm. social media is is easy to distract ourselves with. And often we are using it as a distraction. Life is busy. It's feeling, I'm feeling stressed. I want to escape for a bit. But, you know, physical exercise provides us a much more rewarding distraction. So, it, you know, we have mental health benefits rather than deterioration after yeah. too much digital use. We have the, the cardio, you know, the cardiovascular health improvements. We have the whole body. It appears from my vantage point that the body is designed to move yeah. and it rewards you when you do. And you don't need to impress anyone either. You know, we have this concept that you need to run marathons or you need to run eight minute miles or six minute miles and, and you don't. You just need to do 30 minutes and whatever that 30 minutes for you, if you if you get to walk a mile in that 30 minutes, that's great. If you get to w- run five miles in that 30 minutes, that's great. But just getting those 30 minutes out is uh, is just the key. 
I appreciate that. For those who've just joined us, that is University of Utah Health's Dr. John Ryan, a cardiologist. Also in studio with us, Executive Director Laura Western with the American Heart Association. We're talking about the Go Red for Women movement. Uh, it's the month of February, so it's Health, heart healthy month. Do I get it that? It sure is. Right. So the focus is we're thinking of love. We're thinking of hearts. We want you to take that iconic image and then bring that right into your own life and make small changes to improve your heart health. Well, and when you think of um, our state, every single day we lose five women in this state that are dying from cardiovascular disease. And that's shocking to me. That's a number. And I I hear a story almost every day of somebody who's young. I had a, a friend come over on Sunday and she shared a story of one of her relatives who was an active young woman at 26 years old and suffered cardiac arrest and passed away just recently. And, you know, the way that we can really get a handle on this is really for all of us to take part in being a healthy community. And it's so small incremental changes that can help make a difference. I think when we hear um, something about, okay, I had a fit person and she died anyways, it can confuse our message to think, well, it, it, it doesn't make that much of a difference because it could, where you, again, I go back to the statistic, 80% of heart disease is preventable. And so if we know whether or not we have a mechanical problem in our heart and we have to watch for that. Or if we know that we have, like I mentioned, mechanical, but, you know, a heart defect, or if we have cholesterol because it's genetically passed down to us, some of that, as you mentioned, is not controllable. But the exercise, the yeah. eating, the, the lower stress life, that is absolutely preventable yeah. for us. And I think uh, as well it's important to bear in mind that one-third of women uh, in North America die of uh, die from heart disease mm-hmm. every year, or one third of the people in, in North America who die every year die from heart disease. I want to talk about heart disease yeah. in particular with you because, first of all, when I began working in radio, one of the first things I had an opportunity to do was to host a woman's radio station. It was dedicated to women, which was fantastic. Been great, mm-hmm. but when it was, but when we talked about health, women equated health with a lean, well, I don't want to say health, a lean, but how their body looked. Sure. They weren't equating health with my cardiovascular health or how, how's my physical health. It was about what they looked yeah, like. and looking slim in particular. Right. So we have this idea that we are, uh, if, if only we were a size 10 or if only a size 8 or 6, that's what's healthy. Healthy is, is much more about what's happening yeah. with inside, inside our body. And actually, yeah. uh, if you, people who are, slim you know who don't exercise that's you know not not a good combination either sometimes you know and oftentimes the best combination is being a good weight but also exercising so let's talk about heart disease because i have lost loved ones Mm um neighbors i've shared this before three women uh, between the ages of 40 and 50 uh, Mm -hmm. from pulmonary embolisms and that is a part of the cardiovascular system so when you say we have one out of three women in America who are dying from heart disease. It's from not just that heart-shaped muscle uh, behind your ribs. It's about the whole system 
that yeah. our heart is running in order to get blood and oxygen through so our body. That includes strokes as mm-hmm. well. So blood clots to the brain, which would be a stroke. Blood clots to the lungs, the pulmonary embolism. Blood clots to the legs, peripheral vascular disease or peripheral arterial disease, uh, where you, uh, which can then trigger things such as infections and gangrene and so on. So there's just a whole host of things that unfortunately um, can affect uh, women and men in North America. So in our 20s and 30s and yeah. 40s in terms of age, how do we know, first of all, uh, how do we get a snapshot of our heart health? So it's the month of February. Sure. We're hearing, okay, I'm going to pay closer attention to my heart health. My first step is what? I think if you live in North America, and Laura can weigh in on that, this, you are at a high risk of developing heart disease. You're at a one in three risk of developing heart already, disease. Geographically, already, geographically, we know that. Living okay. in North America. So I think that should be a big motivator for you. It's a big motivator for me. It's a big motivator for your family. And, uh, and just being aware that this is something that you're at risk of by living in North America. So now if, and that you would hope should encourage people to exercise, stop smoking, eat better. If that's not enough for you, uh, one in three, if that's not enough for you, then you look at your family history. Are there people who died at a young age? Are there people who had high cholesterol, as Rebecca, you were referring to? And this will increase your risk of developing heart disease. There's calculators online which can calculate your lifetime risk of developing heart disease. The um, ASCV did risk score, which was developed by the American Heart Association. And you can look at that. I've, take, I've, I've looked oh, at have that. You? Yeah, yeah. yeah, and it did say, hey, sis, <laughs> there are a few things yeah. you need yeah. to be aware of. So, So I was going to add, I think one of the pieces of the movement with Go Red that we're really trying to encourage people to do is to learn their numbers. They have to know their BMI numbers, their cholesterol numbers. They need to know their blood pressure, their heart rate. Really being attentive to their own health, they need to really check in with their own family physician fairly consistently. Those are the first warning signs is you often, if you have elevated numbers or the numbers aren't right, then you can start addressing that with your healthcare provider. I think too often we just think, oh, that that's probably not that big a deal. It is. So just like we may know, okay, my my I've got 2040 vision. We should know I've got a blood pressure of 120 over 85 or not. We should know what our blood pressure is. We should know what our resting heart rate is on average. Yeah, correct. Sure. You bet. Is, are those some of the numbers? Levels, your cholesterol levels, then your good cholesterol, your bad cholesterol. Yep. And just kind of be aware of that and know what impact that has on your risk of developing heart disease and heart attack. And then also knowing how to how to change that, how to modify your risk. Because really, I don't want to, us to get too negative either, right? Sure. You know, one in three have heart disease. But you can really, as Laura alluded to, you can really make a positive change in your life. You can really make positive steps so that heart disease or heart attack is not in your future. Well, let's talk about that. So one of the numbers she referred to is BMI, the Body Mass Index. So that refers to the proportion of weight we have on our body versus like the size of our body structure is a something along that way. So it's an index to your weight relative to your height because obviously somebody who's five foot three should weigh less than somebody who's six foot three. And uh, so it's a way of indexing your weight to your height. And, uh, doesn't it, there? There are some limitations with it, and some people are built bigger. But by and large, it holds up pretty well. All if right, so we go online, yeah. we enter our so height, you enter your height, and, and you enter your weight, and uh, then it will come up with a number um, with obese being uh, greater than thirty. 
So that's the definition of obesity is a BMI greater than 30. The greater than 30%? Greater than 30. No, 30 okay. is the number. Oh, okay. So a normal uh, is 20 to 25. So okay. a normal BMI is 20 to 25 kilograms per meter squared. And then obesity is greater than 30. But the numbers for obesity uh, in this country are, are incredibly high, right? Yeah, they absolutely are. They are incredibly high. So, and one of the things that your your listeners can do is they can go on the Heart Association website, and we have a program called Life Simple 7. And you can go in and enter the information about your blood pressure, your weight, whether you're a smoker, how many vegetables you eat a day, those kinds of things, and just kind of those seven areas of focus around your health. And it will come back and give you a heart score. And it will also give you a list of suggestions of different things you can do in each area to improve. And again, they're the small incremental changes. One of the things I learned when I actually went into Life Simple 7 and took that test was that I really wasn't eating enough vegetables. Here I maintain I'm healthy and I'm doing all the right things. And and when I looked at that, I thought, you know, that's such an easy change, whether it's adding a few vegetables to a morning smoothie or adding a different variety of vegetables to my salad at lunch. It's a small incremental change that I'm able to measure and look at differences. And you can go in and take that test every year and it will give you a score and tell you where you're at and you can see some of those changes happen. Seeing how you progress. I I was looking at one of the facts. Uh, Dr. Ryan is joining us, a cardiologist with University of Utah Health that we just heard also from Laura Western. She's the executive director of the American Heart Association here in Utah. Less than 20% of women meet the federal physical activity guidelines. You were talking about marathon runners, and and I'm part of that group, okay? And what I would find is that people would write, well, good for you that I could never do something like that. And they thought- You don't need to. Exactly. In other words, there was some shame they were feeling because they weren't in that group, where the reality is that's not what this is about. This is about moving your body, and only one out of five women right now in Utah- or pardon, yeah, I'll say in Utah yeah, and in the country, yeah. are moving enough. And it's 30 minutes, five days a week. That's uh, that's all you need to do. The added benefit that you and I get from running marathons, I don't know if we get a cardiovascular benefit from that. We get, you know, we incorporate it into our lifestyle and we enjoy it, obviously, but the cardiovascular benefit beyond 30 minutes is a little unclear. And I'm glad you corrected that or helped mm-hmm. me with yeah. that because my endocrinologist had said to me, hey, I prefer that you not run longer than one hour. Maybe sure, a, maybe yeah. a couple of times in the summer if you want to do a half and go yeah. two, great. But listen, we don't want to overtax your body either. Yeah. Just keep moving. And incorporating it into your daily routine, right? We incorporate our commutes into our routine. We incorporate lunch into our routine. You know, mm-hmm. We just need to find a way of incorporating 30 minutes of some sort of exercise into our routine. And it can be whatever you want. One of the questions that I get asked in clinic is, what's the best exercise for me? Yeah. And I always think it's, it's the exercise you're going to do. You know, if you and love enjoy. swimming and enjoy, exactly, because yeah, you're sure. going to go back to it day after day after day. If you love swimming, it's swimming. If you love kickboxing, it's kickboxing. If you love running, it's running. And uh, because you've got to get into your team, you've got to want to do it. Mm-hmm. And, and when I, you say, go ahead. I was going to say, Rebecca, one of the things that we've started doing in the office, which has been really helpful, is having walking meetings. Yeah. Like we sit in our office and and chat like other people do across a desk And at some point, we just started realizing, hey, we ought to get up and go walk. That's such a simple thing. We're going to cover the same amount of information. We'll walk around the block, 
get our bodies moving or we'll run up the stairs and we've kind of made it into a fun thing. I think about, you know, moms. It's it's so hard when you have little kids. But myself, I think about my grandson. Too often I'll sit on the couch and read a book, book with him that I have to really remind myself to actually put him in a wagon and walk out the door and walk around the block. And that's where the benefit will be. And it's great to spend that quality time with your children. And so I would encourage you, do fun, simple yeah. things with your kids. And I think if you incorporate it into your fa- your family, then you're more likely to do it yes. as well, right? Because we also know that obesity tends to group into families as well. So if you know, if one person is doing it, then you can actually get, keep your motivation going yeah. by doing it as a family. I'm glad you brought that up because um, as we talk about the the epidemic of obesity in our country mm-hmm. it's affecting the cardiovascular health of us adults but it's also affecting the cardiovascular the heart health of our children yeah. because the obesity challenge that we're having as adults we're seeing in our children and well and that can be very painful as a parent to go to a primary care physician and be told that our child it is weighs too much for his or her own health. Yeah. And that we've got shame, we've got protection and defense mechanisms. And I know that you just just proposed a very simple solution. Just as a parent, begin the commitment of being more active and bring your child with you. Yeah. And I think as well, you know, just the same way that we don't, as adults, we don't need to run marathons to prove that we're heart healthy. Our kids they don't need to be the sports stars you know they don't need to be looking towards getting scholarships to participate in sports they just need to play you know and it was different when we were growing up right you just mm-hmm. go outside and play come back when it's dark you know and people don't do that as much anymore because i think it's people are inside more with computers and so on not that that's all to blame but that's an issue and then i think sports have become so competitive that unless you're good at it there's hesitancy for some children to play it yeah, and, and that's a great point. But if you step back and go, the whole goal is yeah. to get your child playing, socially interacting, yeah. physically moving. And small changes, as I'm hearing from both of you, can make significant uh, overall changes to our health and our children's health, too. We have about four minutes left together. We're talking to Dr. John Ryan, a cardiologist with the University of Utah Health. Also, Laura Western, the executive director of the American Heart Association. You mentioned, uh, Laura, that on your webpage, there is a, a wealth of information. There's a place where we can go and see seven basic habits and see how we're doing there, measure our, our heart health. But what other information can we glean, both from the American Heart Association, and then I'll, I'll speak with you, Dr. Ryan, information we should be gathering from our primary care physician about our heart health. I think, I think if your listeners would go to um, the Heart Association page, but specifically our goredforwomen.org page, I, I think there's a wealth of information on there that can help women make significant differences in their health. And like you can you can find the warning signs there, suggestions on what to do, more information about the Go Red for Women movement, how to get involved with the organization. All of those are super valuable and a great resource. We change our information consistently. So if you think you have a loved one that's had a stroke or you think that you need more information about cardiovascular disease or 
or peripheral artery disease. All of that is on there. There is a ton of information that can help you. And it doesn't have to be an overload. And one of the points about... Pick a topic go, and check it out. And it's goredforwomen.org. One of the things I get from that webpage is I need to be talking to the women in my life about their heart Absolutely. health. Absolutely. If I say your hair looks great, I should be also within that week at point saying, how's your heart health? Have, have you ever? I, it, it sounds exaggerated, but in the month of February, ask the women and the men in your life that you love whether or not they know how healthy their heart is and, and encourage them to get more information. Yeah. And I would add with the, the goredforwomen.org and with the American Heart Association information as well that it's, it's reliable as well. You know, It's well written, it's well vetted, and it's reliable. Whereas there's a lot of stuff on the internet, as you know, Rebecca, that isn't reliable and it's, there's either special interests or ulterior yeah. motives or just wrong. And uh, so that's where I think you really want to go to a reliable resource with tried and tested solutions to improve your heart health. If we're a bit fearful about what we might find out yeah. from our healthcare provider, could you just tell us maybe as we open the door, what are just a couple of things we should ask at the next appointment we make? Because in February, we're, we're going to learn this. If you go to goredforwomen.org, it's going to tell you, you ha- should have in the last year talked to a healthcare provider about your health. If yeah. not, so we're going to make an appointment and we're going to just set a goal and begin there. But what should we be asking our healthcare provider about our own heart health? So I would ask what your blood pressure is and if it's at goal, if it's where it should be. I would uh, ask your healthcare provider if they think you need to have your cholesterol checked. And the guidelines typically are that most adults should get a cholesterol check to see what their cholesterol level is, both the good cholesterol, the so-called the low-density cholesterol, LDL, and then the, uh, sorry, the bad cholesterol, the LDL cholesterol, and then the good cholesterol, the HDL cholesterol, and know what those levels are. And then, as Laura mentioned earlier, your body mass index, your BMI. And I think you can um, use those to help get a sense as to what is your risk of developing heart disease either over your lifetime, over the next 10 years, and uh, and then make some positive changes in your life. Because one of the things that's useful about uh, any of this is that then you can change things. You say, well, what if I do get my weight down? What will that do to my risk? What if I do get my blood pressure down? What will that do to my risk? And you can really see that you are transforming your risk of developing heart disease by doing these these simple things. And the rewards are wonderful. The rewards More, are a longer life and, uh, and and a better quality of life as well. Which is, is something we want for our own selves, but yeah. those in our life as well. It's Go Red for Women Month, the month of February, with support from the American Heart Association and the University of Utah Health. You can get more information again at goredforwomen.org. Here's our challenge. Just make one change. Go to the webpage. Make one change. Talk to one person and ask them about their heart health and make this a movement to save lives of the people you care about in your world. Laura Western, thank you so much for joining us today. Great to see you, Rebecca. Dr. John Ryan, a cardiologist with the University of Utah Health, thank you for taking time and helping us take care of our heart. Oh, thank you so much for having me on.